following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down handoff, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Here are Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, and Bill Jones. And welcome into Talking Cowboys inside the SWBC Mortgage Studio here at the Star in Frisco. Rob Phillips hosting today for Bill Jones. Joined, as always, by the great Everson Walls, Mickey Spagnola. It is December, and despite two straight losses in the past week, your Dallas Cowboys have a one-game lead in the NFC East. Thank you, Philadelphia. With four games to play. Exactly, <laughs> Everson. You're not going to thank Miami. No, 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 just Philly. They blew that one. They didn't, they, they didn't just get beat. They lost. How about that? With a late play by Taco Charlton as well, Mick, to help those Dolphins out. Taco helped out a little bit, and uh, the uh, Dolphins helped themselves. See, Taco still likes us. Taco still likes us. Come on, I'm going to get my hand in there and knock (laughs) that ball out. Thank you, Taco. He did more for us not being on the team than he did while he played for us. That's amazing. Good way to put it. It's amazing. Yeah. Wake-up call for him. So breaking news, it might be cold in Chicago. Ah, man, that's a surprise. Is that the report you got just now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody was worried about the, the wind's weather. Gonna, the wind's blowing hard, right? It's going to be – the wind's going to come off the lake, believe Whoa, it or not. Whoa, that direction. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's a change. Although I think from what I saw, this is going to be a balmy December evening. It's going to be a low of 31. Really? Yeah. No wow, rain, we no might snow. Get a break on that. Ten percent chance of participation. Ten to, uh, I think I saw eight to ten mile an hour wind. Gonna be out there with short sleeves on. You know, because the fans they really get into that. You know, as much as they look miserable yeah. when they come to games like that, the Patriots fans, you know, all the cold weather fans, they look forward to the miserable weather. I remember Dennis <laughs> Thurman telling me about when he was playing at USC, and every time they went up to Washington. And it would start to rain, and the fans would just go crazy. And that was that was their that was their thirteenth man, you know, right. the, the, uh, the yeah. weather itself. Not the twelfth man was the, was the fans, and the thirteenth man was was uh, Mother Nature, mm. and they loved it. They I, loved it. I tell you, a neat uh, scenario. It was like a christening for the Bears in '85 when they won the NFC title game there. Uh, I was covering the game there, and as the game was getting ready to finish and it was over and the fans are cheering, and all of a sudden it just starts snowing and snowing hard, and the cheering got louder <laughs> and louder and louder. It was like you just got christened, right? You are NFC champs for the first and time I, since I, I would imagine the, the players are down there with just uh, in the worst conditions yeah. ever. They're hating it. They're hating it. The, point, the fans are loving it. And then conversely, a year or two later, they were playing the – 49ers at home in a NFC title game and everybody's like oh the 49ers they're coming in here from the west coast they're not going to be able to deal with this weather this is bears weather right <laughs> they kicked the bears clocks out of there uh, and weather had nothing to do with it right they were just a better team at that point so weather weather and it's they can kind of mimic the weather a little bit today. That's why they're practicing outside on a uh, Monday that's a Thursday, right? That's right. Hey, I'm getting confused. And you it's, guys, you it's, guys confuse me with, with all this. Jason always confuses me. I just usually just come to practice and they tell me to come to practice, okay? I don't. And it's a grass field, too, by the way. 
True grass? True grass. Wow. So that's why that's another reason why they wanted to practice. Still green? Out. So uh, paint, paint, maybe. Paint, yeah, I remember the paint. Paint's good. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the paint. Yeah, grass yeah. in my front yard wasn't green in December. I can tell you that. All right, so we have not convened since Wednesday of last week, since we made predictions for Cowboys Bills. Uh, it feels like, how those about go? we have to talk about this game, man? How did uh, those predictions go? Uh, not well. I Who think was the closest? I might have been the farthest. <laughs> I think I had 31-17. Well, I told you the score would not be that high. I tried to tell you that. You're right. They held yeah. them to 15 points, Buffalo did. And so that's two losses to two more winning teams in a five-day stretch. Wow. And now your Dallas Cowboys are 6-6 six and six with four games to play. And I think we could talk about buffalo and i think we're kind of past that i think we could probably get into the bears more tomorrow with or without bill we'll see if he's here tomorrow but um mainly it's just kind of where this team is at right now what what's the state of mind uh is the confidence still there with four games left that they can get this thing done i think we find out the confidence level on thursday cuz i'm sure uh, this was a, a blow to the heart that uh, you went out there and at home and, you know, and Buffalo comes in here and dominates you. And there was no ifs, ands, or buts. And it, for, as I was saying, there's no one play or one circumstance that turned that game around like so many of their other losses. They just got beat. The other team was better. Um, man, I still got hot sauce in my mouth, man. I got this hot sauce taste in my mouth. And it's, it was killing me. I mean, we have gone up against many defenses that have figured out a way to contain Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. We could not contain Cole Beasley. Six catches, what, 110? Yeah. Yes, sir. I mean, that's just that's a ball. That's balling. And a touchdown. That's balling. He comes in here. We know he's coming in here. Did we just say we're going to – you beat our man and, you know – if if you can beat our man, then you can have it. You know we had no scheme to take him out of the game, especially on third downs when we know he's key to the team, when he's key to the situation. I mean, I get it. You want to have a little bit of pride and say maybe whoever Jordan Lewis or whoever would be guarding him, you would say, hey, you know, can you handle this? And then I'm going to put that on you. That's great too. That's great. Certain situations, that's great. Certain. Times when we have to bring all the guys and we have to bring the pressure. Okay, this is the challenge right now, Jordan Lewis, to to shut down uh, Cole Beasley. But in the scheme of things, you should have something to be able to take him and eliminate him from the game. We've seen it happen by other teams when he was with us. So I just don't understand how he can be not contained or at least you got to know where he is. You got to know how hot he has been at least in the last four games. He started off kind of slow. And then all of a sudden, I think fourth game of the season, he caught a touchdown, and now he's been on fire. And we all know that. Yeah. So I just don't understand why something wasn't considered to take him out of the game. I mean, these weren't – it was no no rocket science out there. We knew where he was going. Allen was looking at him. Sometimes he eyeballed him the entire play. And yet here we are, seems like we are very surprised at his effectiveness. I don't, I don't understand that. See, I think it goes back to, I think I said this last week about self-evaluation. 
you should be able to self-evaluate yourself. Do I have somebody that can cover him consistently one-on-one? The answer should have been no. Because no one does. Everybody gives me grief. No one does. Yeah, and and everybody gives me grief about Jordan Lewis this and Jordan Lewis that, but they left him man-to-man on Beasley, and this wasn't practice out here, right? You know, he he couldn't cover him. And so, you know, maybe they do miss Anthony Brown. Uh, but the, he needed help, and, and I don't you've got to figure I don't think that it out. Mattered. I don't think it mattered who you put on him because he hadn't been stopped by anyone. I'm talking about right. some veteran defensive backs more senior than ours, and he's he's been hot. He's still been hot. He hasn't cooled off at all. So for you to assume that you've got that guy, I mean, I love Jordan Lewis. We talk about Jordan all the time. This guy's a great kid, but that's just not fair. It's just not fair. Number one, you talk about in practice, you know, you do 707, one on one. And I remember DBs would always say, oh, well, you'll never have that much time. You know, the, the rush would have gotten to him by that time. Well, our rush didn't get there. And there were times when, you know, to George's disadvantage, uh, uh, Allen was running around back there for a while, and George's trying to keep up with Cole. And that's just not the position you want to be in. To me, you just take him, you take him out and make them go somewhere else. It's the whole Belichick plan that I've always talked about. I'm going to make you do something different. Then show me what you got. So I'm going to take uh, Cole Beasley out. That's, that's the first thing we're going to do in these key situations. And we know it's every third down. It's not rocket science. We knew exactly what they were going to do. it, And I guess we just said, hey, if you can hit us in the mouth, we'll take it. And you touched on another thing that I don't think was consistently good enough, and I know they ended up with four sacks. The pressure on Allen just wasn't there on a consistent basis. He was way too comfortable in the pocket. Uh, once he looked again, like Dak back there a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, it, just just didn't even have to pat his feet. He just right? was standing just kind of like a statue, there, yes. like flat-footed, flat-footed, and just waiting. And then his ability to run—they knew that was going to happen. And they didn't take that away either. You put a spy? Did we have a spy? I well, just... you know, they, a lot of times I did notice they went dime, and they brought, but they brought in another safety. It wasn't another corner. Mm-hmm. It was another safety. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that affected what was going on Well, or if what. you bring another safety, then that's the guy you want to spy. Right? Yeah. It was, I believe Josh Jones got to play a little bit more than – the normal in that game. So yeah. I don't recall. I don't recall anybody just hanging back. I and, do not recall anybody eyeballing the quarterback, making sure he was contained. And because if they did, then he must have got distracted. Because I saw Allen <laughs> running all over the place and yeah. throwing all over the place. <laughs> Devin Singletary, their young running back, made plays with his feet as a runner and a receiver. We talked about that during the week, and then offensively, uh, you mentioned the pressure on or. Not enough pressure on Josh Allen. Dak gets sacked four times, gets hit seven times, and had two two more turnovers. And the Cowboys lose the turnover battle once again. And that's been the story pretty much in all of their losses. I think they're minus four for the season now in turnover margin. And when you're not getting the takeaways on defense, it puts a lot of pressure we're, we're on Dak. We're only minus four? I think so. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Because you're guys. not getting any. Because you're not getting any. <laughs> That's, that, I'm shocked. Yeah. I thought it'd be like 8-10. See, and that was another, another deal that came out of that game. And I don't know if other teams are going to copy it, but they decided after that first series or that first part of the game when the Cowboys were driving, it's like, 
okay, Dak's not beating us. We're blitzing. Yeah. We're coming after you. A lot of blitzing. Well, that's been coming. Duck, that's d- been happening since the Jets game. And, and lately, too. Yeah, since Greg Williams, that has been happening. And that's the smart way to go. That's the only way to go. When you have a team as exciting as this, when you have an offense with all that talent, and you see Dak sitting back there, like we said, like some kind of statue. You don't know if he's cardboard or if he's real. That's how still he is most of the time. So you want to like, uh-uh, we got to change this narrative as well. Now, we're not going to let the receivers run free through the zones. We're going to get up in their faces. You don't need an all-pro defensive back to shut down an all-pro wide receiver. All you just need to do is get on his nerves, just ruin his timing between he and the quarterback. And that's what they're doing. Everything right now is going to be uncomfortable. I'm not going to allow you to have these beautiful play-action passes and things of that nature. We're bringing it no matter what. And, yeah, Dak's been hanging in there. He has. But he just might as well get ready to see it week in it's and coming, week out. Right? It's coming, right? It's coming There was a bunch of double blitzes. They were coming, like, on the screen pass that he tried to throw. They got intercepted. Yeah. They were coming from his right, two guys. Mm-hmm. And they're coming untouched. And they had a good play call. Great design. Right? It was a great play call. They were going to screen to the left. Yes. And the defensive tackle intercepts the ball. How many times have you seen? You got to throw that thing right in the dirt. Yes, you know, yeah. and just That's get, it. get just rid of it. In the dirt. Just don't even give them an opportunity. How many times did you see something in that game and you go, "Gosh, I don't know if I ever saw that before." Right, they go three hundred twenty pound guy with an interception. Right, the Cowboys try a field goal and gets partially deflected at the end of the half. Their guy tries a field goal and hits the upright and bounces in, and then you got Allen recovering a quarterback sneak fumble. Yeah. That the ball just lays there and he picks it up like he dropped a loaf of bread. I gotta say, I was so upset at that. Like, <laughs> you know, you got these big guys, man, and you know we want. I want to vilify them so badly because they're big. You know, big guys, and the ball is right on his stomach, man. You know, it was right by his nose. Well, I think. Come on, you come on, it's right there. <laughs> you know, when's the last time you've been that close to a ball except for doing before the snap count, right? Right. Oh, I was so upset about that. I could not. We are a Murphy's Law team at this point. You know that, right? Yes, I'm with Everything you. that the can't way. go wrong has and gone I wrong. I was thinking yep. about that in this game, <laughs> We talked too, about that, right? yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen a quarterback, if you fumble, you usually dive on it, right? No, he picks it up and <laughs> dives himself. <laughs> First down. <laughs> no one saw it but him. Oh, I, I still go back to the interception in New England. Everybody's dropping the ball. Gilmore comes with a one-handed off of Coop's leg. Somehow it stayed up, and he catches a, a – I don't know what kind of interception that was. One of the more underrated, amazing interceptions I've ever seen because you really couldn't see what happened on that play. It just – I think it was – Coop's leg stopped it from going down as he's trying to, to, to knock it down with his forehand. Just little things like that to where you go – Wow. If you just think of not just the Murphy's Law that we're dealing with, we're also dealing with our own incompetence. That's my question for you on that. Is it just unlucky bounces, or are we talking about lack of execution on top of it that's that's this team right now? That helps. The lack of execution helps, but I'm just talking about the times when we have made a first down or made a touchdown and, and we've shot ourselves in the foot with a big play or a big call against us. And uh, if you were to just add all of those up with the Murphy's Law situations that we're talking about, this team here, uh, Ron Springs, used to watch the Flintstones. And he always talked about the, uh, the bad luck Schlepprock. You remember that character, Schlepprock? Yes, yes, sir. That's what this team is. We're full of Schlepprocks. Everybody's 
just Murphy's Law happening all over the place, bad luck happening at every turn when it raises its head. Well, I how about lo- losing your starting left guard and then two plays later once again gives up a sack? Was it like, two? I thought it was one. It was. The, it was two. It was two because uh, they had a completion and then the next uh, play came in. Sack fumble and they recover. So the next ball. man up, huh? Yeah, that's not that's. that's gonna, yeah. <laughs> that was the next I man always up worry there. about next man up theory. <laughs> yeah, was, well, it's gonna be a reason they're the next man up. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be Xavier Suofilo uh, once again at left guard with Connor Williams set for surgery on his ACL, a torn ACL. Uh, it, to your point, Everson, before we go to break, the, there's a drive in the third quarter that just to me, it sums up when they've had problems this year. This summed it all up. They get to. The Bills' 25-yard line, first down, and Dak gets sacked for minus seven, false start on Connor Williams, <laughs> and then they're, they're in third and 19, and they wind up uh, kicking a field goal that is missed. I was going to say, did we make it? Yeah, was... We did not make it. It was wide right. Red Maher 0 for 2 on the day. Mickey mentioned the one that got deflected. It, it seemed like it might have been a low kick on top of it, and there you are. Mm-hmm. And and that's why you know this team's 6-6. Six and six. Trying to find answers. Let's get more into that next on Talking Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Ready? Okay. Give, Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. What's that spell? So, so. Are we going to win? Not if we play like we cheer. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on-command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa, open down. Dallas Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back to Talking Cowboys. 
Okay, Bill's not here today, so this is in honor of Bill. <laughs> the Oklahoma Sooners and the Baylor Bears will face off in the Big 12 championship game on Saturday, December 7th at AT&T Stadium. Kickoff at 11 a.m. Central. Don't miss your opportunity to get tickets before they sell out. Tickets on sale now at SeatGeek.com. That was not smooth enough, man. You know, I did Bill my best. smooth, man. I did my you, best. You, got, you got work He to didn't do. brag enough. I know you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Jalen Hurts. That's well, my guy. Welcome back to Talking Cowboys inside the SWBC Morgan Studio. Cowboys back to practice. They practiced on Sunday, which Everson was like a Wednesday <laughs> schedule. And now second of three full practices this week comes down today. They're outside getting set for the Chicago Bears. Thursday night football. Bears trying to get a big win, stay in the wild card race. Cowboys trying to keep pace with their one-game division lead. And we covered some of the game from last Thursday since we weren't with you guys for a few days. Got to talk about uh, Jerry Jones and and his comments after the game. Uh, Very emphatic, not making a coaching change. Sticking with Jason Garrett, uh, looking for one of his quotes. He said, quote, this is not the time for me. I'm looking ahead at, an, at another ball game, and I'm looking ahead at winning four or five straight and helping write a story that they'll talk about how it looked like you were down and out and you got it back. So mm. Jerry, full of optimism and preaching unity with this football team with four games left. What did you guys make of of his comments. I mean, that was the that was more the story than the game itself. It shouldn't have been. It's a no-brainer. I mean, who's going to give you the coach right now? You just don't do that. You're still yeah. in first place. That's not going to happen now. Um, but trust me, his his eyes on the prize for later on in, in January. If something doesn't go down by then, of course he knows what he's going to do. He's not going to tell us. But no, I don't know why it's such a story. It's just the fact that this is this is truly not the time to do it. You know, this is not one of those uh, vengeance firings. You know, if you just really hated somebody, maybe if he was uh, the late great Buddy Ryan, you know, yeah, you fire him now because he was just crazy. But uh, you don't do somebody like Jason like that or this organization. They just don't practice like that. This is not one of those things. And and it doesn't help anything, right? Not at all. He, I mean, he said our best bet is to go forward as is. Changing just the head coach wasn't going to change anything. Um, you know, that would that I think that would that would be just the opposite, right? Yeah, that would be devastating for the team overall. I'm trying to think of a time, and I said this on the fan this morning. Like, when in the NFL have you seen a first place coach get fired mid season? <laughs> wow. Like, is that ever happened? Six and six, I've never right? Thought of it. Hey, first place is first place. Has that okay. ever happened? I mean, I you know you see it in other sports. You see, um, regardless of record. NHL, they'll change out a manager. The Premier League soccer, they'll sack a guy and bring in somebody midseason. In the NFL, when you do it, it signals to me. It's, it usually signals either your season's over, yes. or there's or there's panic, and, mm-hmm. and you wave the white flag. They've they've ridden with Jason Garrett for how many years, and they're going to see this thing through. I mean, I I never thought Mick that this was a consideration. During the season, obviously he's in the last year of his contract, and we'll see what happens. But everybody I, misinterpreted what he said the day before Thanksgiving, when when he did his car wash interviews for the halftime show, and everybody interviewed him. And I think on on NFL Network he said something the fuck well something the effect was, "We got to win, and we got to win now." And I think everybody assumed that he meant tomorrow, and if he didn't, you're out. <laughs> 
Because I got I got email from people in the business that should know better, and they're going, "Well, what do we do tomorrow if uh, they lose and Jason gets fired on Friday?" And I was like, "What?" And they go, "Well, Jerry said it." And I go, well, "That's not what he said, or at least not what he meant." To me, that's when the tail starts wagging the dog. Right. The story is bigger than everything else, and you know, you guys. You know, I like you guys okay sometimes. You know, media is <laughs> like cool. Thanks, thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, but sometimes, you know, we just get so hyped. You know, we just get so we we almost like a dog after a bone. You know, the narrative almost starts to take it. It it, it becomes a narrative. Yeah. You know, the story becomes a narrative, and it's nothing true comes out of anything. And if it does, it's always exaggerated. So, you know, to me, it's like the election. You know what I mean? Everybody just relax, you know, don't don't, you know, misinformation and fake news and things of that nature. That's what we're dealing with right now. And uh, like you said, we're still in first place. And thank you, Philadelphia. The guy that used to be kind of the uh, executive assistant up there for the head coaches, Bruce Mays, would always tell me perception becomes reality. And, and, and he was right, because whatever everybody's perception is, you talk yourself into, oh, this is the truth, you know? And, you, and you, it's, the perception is a very evil uh, disease out there. I'm pretty sure I just saw Bruce this weekend. Did you really? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. We had a good conversation. Okay. Yeah, he was funny. He's still funny. Still, <laughs> still funny. Still preaching? He's man. still preaching. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Bruce in a while. That's good. I was shocked. I was shocked. I'm not, no lie. I just happened to visit a suite. There he was. That's why I forgot. So he would have been here for your one year, right? Mm-hmm. With one year. That's right. Yeah. If you want to call it a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's another quote from Jerry after the game. He said, quote, we're not sitting out here without our starting quarterback. We're not sitting out here without our starting running backs. We've got our line in shape. Of course, Connor Williams now injured out for the season. We've got receivers that have gotten better, and I think we've got really a chance to play better on defense. So Jerry, he still believes in the talent level of this team. How do you guys – what do you guys feel about that? Well, well let's look at this. How, the biggest loss we had, what, what was the differential? Packers? Ten, ten points. Ten, ten points. points. And well, this Until one was this one. 11. Yeah. And it was I, more than that. We, we've, because of our talent, really because of our talent, that's the only reason we've been in some of these games. And most we should have won because of our talent, and it was because of some particular situation, Murphy's Law, bad coaching decision, one person coming in and making a mistake because of we, we've we found a way to to lose these particular games when we had a chance to win them. So how do you want to look at this? Pessimistically or optimistically? You know, are we that that one bounce away from being the team that we thought we'd be, turning those tough games, tough losses into tough wins? Are we real? Are we that team? You know, are we, are we looking forward to that team coming up and maybe these next three or four games, that's the team that's going to show. They're going to get the bounces. They're going to make the heads-up decisions. You know, the coaches are going to make the right calls in our eyes that, that results in the win. Yeah, that's, that's what we're looking forward to. That's the optimism that you can look forward to. If you're pessimistic, then you're looking forward to everything that we've seen to this point with no changes. Because this was the first time they got beat, beat. Right, the other ones are what you were talking about. The other five losses, this one they just got beat. I mean, there, there was, was no, there was no, no two minute, no two minute like, drill yeah. that could have made a difference. No, no. oh, you should have kicked no. the field goal instead no. of going for it. No crucial point. No crucial yeah. points. No, no, there wasn't just one play. 
and then yesterday reinforced my theory on that Jets game. Holy, they're terrible. <laughs> Wait a minute. And you they're lost like, to them. No, they're not terrible. I mean, they what have, what they won? Three games? Three I, games? They won three games. Cowboys three, won six. Yeah, yeah. Cowboys well, won six games. Yeah, you're gonna so be talking about that game in twenty years, aren't you? <laughs> yes. I might be too. Uh yeah. Or, or that fumble against the Rams in the regular season that year. The, that twenty seventeen. Yes. Ryan Switzer. Yes, you're still on that one. Yes. Um so so you mentioned something that I think needs to be addressed, and you mentioned the defense. I understand sometimes what goes on with this offense, but the defense has just not stood up and played. If you think about the the two previous games before New England, they had given up, what, 50, 55 points, and then they give up another 26 they're, they're not playing to the level of what we thought was the talent on that defense right now. I mean, that's three games. And I, who knows what New England would have done if it was a dry field. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know what has happened to uh, our run defense. But what they'll do, they'll hang their hat. I believe you talked about it last week. What number seven defense or something like that against the? Yeah, I'm not sure what got good numbers. Right now, they got good yeah. rankings. The rankings look good. So if you're gonna go in, it's like a job review. If you're gonna go in and say, okay, I deserve this, or I deserve that. Oh, well, take a look at this. I'm, you know, we were number nine against the rush. Uh, number nine total defense. That that just says what you did. It doesn't tell you about the things that you didn't do. Number one, you don't get turnovers. Okay, number two, you don't control the pace of any game. You don't, you're not the fire, okay, that ignites this team. It's like they're playing catch. It's like they're playing off of the offense. If the offense does well, we'll do well. If the offense doesn't do well, we don't do well. And the key point here is there are times when they play so well during a ball game, controlling all the situations, last two minutes of the game, third down, all of that. Then there's a time when we need a stop. We got to have this stop, guys. Just give me one on this drive. Okay, we got three third downs on this drive. Just just stop us once on one of these third downs, and it changes the entire situation. It gives us a chance to maybe win a ball game or hold them off. And when it is time to to keep the uh, the opposing offense off the field. Our third downs are horrible. And they let them drive. They drive, keep drive, on driving. Right? Our third downs are horrible. And we know what they're going to do. It's not like it's a surprise. I say third downs are horrible. I'm not saying uh, Allen was, was six for seven. No, I mean running the ball. We gave up a first down. Crucial situations. And could not get off the field. You mentioned takeaways. And that's that's the biggest takeaway for me. Stephen Jones said it on the fan last Friday. It's the elephant in the room, guys. They're, they're it's, I'm sorry. Four straight games without a takeaway. I'm, I'm not surprised. It's, and, you know, you're, you're asking your offense to drive long fields. And so that's the part that doesn't get mixed in when they're, to your, your question, Everson, they're, they're eighth in total defense. They're ninth in scoring wow, defense. Wow. They, they have done things some things well this year. But Mickey's right. I mean, it's not to their standard. It's not what they expected this season. Um, they're playing without Leighton Van Der Esch. They've had some injuries. Heath didn't play in the game. Uh, Antoine Woods didn't play in the game. We'll see if those guys can get back this week. But um, it hasn't been nearly the consistent level that they expected this year. I just remember Troy doing the game when he was so fired up. I think that was a dangerous <laughs> game. He cracked me up. I, I wish I could have seen his face. I'd be as red as a tomato. But he was uh, he was upset, but he was also very uh, accurate 
And this one statement, you know, I, I, love, I love sometimes that down-home, you know, country uh, approach. If you're going to be a big-time defense, you got to make big-time plays. Period. Period. Would you say that's our defense? Not in any stretch. Don't even give me that like, oh, well, I'm trying no. to think. I'm no, trying to think. no, you don't. You know better already. <laughs> you know? There, was, there, was a, there was a point in that New England game, and I don't remember where, and if I had my play-by-play that I keep myself, I wrote down in capital letters and squared it off. I said, they need a play. A play. They need a play, and it just doesn't come. It doesn't. It just doesn't come. I mean, they'll do the things like, you know, negative yardage, that all looks great. But then we also, okay, negative yardage, second and 13. Yeah, and give then up. Then all of a sudden you give up nine. And now you got third and three. Now you're looking at they get seven. And here we are right back where we started. They, um, they, I believe the Bills scored on five of six drives at one point in the game, and one was a missed field goal. And you know Zeke hits two carries in the second half, and that's that. I mean, the game wasn't completely out of reach, but they felt like they needed to pass to get back in the football game. Well, and, you could see where the momentum was going. Yeah, uh, Zeke had good numbers. You know, average over five yards a carry. I get that, but you gotta have points now. You gotta have points now. And we didn't have a chance for. We didn't have any opportunities for a hiccup in our offensive momentum. That's what they were trying to prevent, even though it did not. Yeah. But that was the whole goal. And you, sometimes you just can't do that with Zeke. Now, if you want to do it with Zeke, let's get him out in space. Let's get he and Pollard out in space. I think that's something they really need to do more of because I think it really it, – it, it takes the pressure off the wide receivers to just beat their man every play. You know, we've got running backs that are kicking our linebackers' butts, okay, Tight ends and linebackers, or tight ends and running backs have been killing our linebackers. Mm. We need to do the same to them. We've got very athletic running backs and tight ends. We need to use them a whole lot more. All right, let's take our final break. Wait, one hold more that, thing. No, hold no. that thought. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. got, I had one more of those Murphy's laws. It'll take one. 10 seconds. Go. Go. If anything can go wrong, it's going to go wrong. Did you notice that on the half-ending field goal attempt that got deflected, mm-hmm. Sean McDermott's running down the sideline trying to call get a timeout? Time yeah. And he didn't get it. Yep. All right, go ahead. Murphy's Law, huh? There we go. All right, back to wrap it up next on Talk <laughs> Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. What's that spell? So-so. Are we going to win? Not if we play like we cheer. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUS. 
usa.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back to Talking Cowboys. So in the real world, it's Monday, right? Right. And in Jack Black's world, it's Cyber Monday. Imagine that. If Hmm. you have a $100 purchase, you get $20 off, $50 off a $200 purchase, and $100 off a $300 per purchase. Just go to jackblack.com, use the code CYBER, and shop now. That was riveting, Mick. Here you go, Mick. Riveting. Riveting. shopping. Riveting, Mick. We're going to start changing the music to that to all your stuff, man. Put some sexy music on. Cyber. Did anybody cyber this weekend? Did you go out shopping on Friday? I'm doing mine online. I'm definitely online. I'm a, I'm a Cyber Monday. Just dude. avoid all yeah. the shopping. Just make sure you patrol your porch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I just well, heard some I do. stat. I do. Somebody came out in this area, like one out of five people get something taken off their porch. I have I have the little applications, so I see all those little reports, people running off with packages. And yeah. And that was crazy. So one of them looked like you, Spags. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a bunch of them. <laughs> Got to watch it. Got to watch it. All right. Back to wrap it up. Can Final I pass few minutes. off one more theory? Uh-oh. Murphy's Red, Law? Brad Sham brought it up in the press conference yesterday, and it made me think, especially after the way New England played last night. And they had a, you know, a full week. The Cowboys had three days to get ready. So you've done this before. When you play in the weather like they did at New England, does that take something out of your body more so than just a regular game when it's cold, windy, and wet like that? Well, it doesn't last. I mean, you, you, you can tell that your body feels different. You know you know it's going through some extreme situations. But once the game's over, no, you, you get your you, rest. You, you bounce gonna, back? Yeah, you bounce okay. back. Unless you're injured now. Yeah. Unless you had some injury. But otherwise, no. It the, the cold doesn't come with you. No, you, we shed that. You shed it? Yeah, we <laughs> shed right. it. Yeah. I, I was just wondering because that second half of that – and Brad brought it up the second half against Buffalo, they just looked lethargic. And well, that's that's all here. That is all here. Um, they realize where they are right now, right in this particular season. And if they're not careful, you have to have somebody with some experience. You know, someone that has a level head to just right the ship. And I'm talking about players. I'm not talking about coaches. There needs to be a group of players. That I heard they had that one little meeting or whatever. I don't know how they went. But someone has to step up, not just one, but some group has to step up and really show this team how it needs to be done and not be afraid to fail. Right now we're playing scared. We're playing scared because the fans are booing us. Oh, well, we're at home and we're, we're, getting, we're, we're playing like crap. You know, I think for them, best thing might be was to get, is to get the heck out of here. Let's just go to Chicago. Go on the road. Go on the road. That, that was always a bet. One in 15 season, Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones. Where did we win? All your case stadium, baby. That's right. right. <laughs> the one win we got, we got away from home. Mickey thought he was going to cover history. I thought guys ruined history for him. <laughs> yeah. I All was right. Gonna first 0 and 16 team. Before we get out of here, 
yes. kicking situation. Yes. We talked about Maher's two misses. Jason Garrett on the fans said today they're moving forward with him still as their kicker. Hmm. They did have three workouts yesterday. What's your guys' thoughts on Maher right now? I guess forward must be really brief. If they're bringing in somebody already, God, that was just like 89. We saw people running 40 yard dashes come to take our jobs. That was crazy. Right then, there. I mean, they, they, they would start on, they would come in, <laughs> work out on Monday, start on Sunday, and get released on the next Monday. That was crazy. The revolving door, right? I, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I, this guy, I, I don't know Vanderish. I'm sorry, I don't know uh, Maurer. Maurer, but I, I just really feel that uh, his inconsistencies. Are just compounding. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to. You want to hit a streak, you know. You want to hit a, you want feel good uh, field goals, and now after his failures, now all of a sudden here you come. Some, someone doesn't get a block, and now he gets one tipped, which possibly is going straight down the middle. Yeah, putting the goal. Book. So it doesn't do, it doesn't do well at all. And for I your think confidence. he carried. I was talking to him yesterday, and he didn't stay in the moment on that second attempt. I think he carried that miss yeah. into that miss, mm-hmm. and you get another miss, yeah. right? So they bring in uh, three guys. Uh, Nick Rose, Highland Park High School, kicked at uh, – transferred, I think, and kicked at Texas. Uh, Tristan Vizcayano and Austin McGinnis. The last two guys – XFL, right? Vizcayano kicked preseason with Cincinnati – and Austin McGinnis was uh, – they got him off – he's with the Renegades right now, the Dallas yeah. Renegades. Yeah, that's the, that's the so Highland the Park only kid. Guy, no, that's the, the Highland Park kid's Nick Rose, and he actually kicked for the Redskins. Yeah. Uh, and he actually did decently uh, with them uh, that year that he, he kicked for. He came in when um, – I think it was Hopkins got hurt – uh, and he last kicked for the San Antonio Commandos. So he, he, he stays right around the corner. I'm so sure. he's close. He's in the neighborhood. But he, he's I think, Highland Park. I think he's what the they were doing was kicking tires just to see what was out there. Because there was no way you were going to make a change and tell the kid, come in here, okay, two days of practice. And, oh, big boy, you're going to Chicago in the wind, and it's going to be 30 degrees. You're getting the list together. So now you've got 10 days after this game. And if things don't go well the next game, then you at least did your homework, yeah. right? But from my understanding, it was kind of windy out there, and the kicking wasn't real good. Well, either. it's going to be windy out there. I know. <laughs> and so none of them were really impressive, and I was looking at kickoffs, and they uh, they, they were struggling. They can't reach. Can they reach the? <laughs> oh no, no. Go ahead. I was wondering if they could reach the end zone. Well, they, they, yeah. The they they need they need <laughs> they got to get this right, and because that's part of it too. As, the as kickoffs. Many, that too, but as many close games as they play, they got to be able to knock these field goals in. All right, we are out of time already. Yes, oh, thanks to Everson, oh, thanks to geez. Mickey, thanks to Kyle producing. The break is next. We'll talk to you guys again on Tuesday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!